and welcome to episode 12 of the Talent Intelligence Podcast. Today, we have Lara Holcomb, Global Talent Acquisition Specialist at ReachDesk, joining us. Hi, Laura. How are you today? Hi. Yeah, I'm really good. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Very excited. First podcast. <laughs> we are delighted to have you here. Um, and I'm also joined uh, by Nikki, who is a Head of Business Growth here at Solutions Driven. Hi, Nikki. How are you? Yeah, Laura. Good to see you guys. Great. Very well, thank so, you. <laughs> glad to hear it. Um, so Laura, we um we obviously started chatting a couple of weeks ago. We have been talking to Reach Desk um about potentially using the product um, in solutions driven and we connected on LinkedIn and I obviously saw some of your like uh, con- not controversial but um conversation starting posts um and um we've been chatting a bit back and forth. Do you want to tell me a little bit about ReachDesk um, and a little bit about what it is that you do there? Yeah, totally. So ReachDesk is a B2B SaaS uh, sending platform. So we make it really, really easy for businesses to be able to send direct mail globally at scale. And um, in terms of what my role at the business, so I work in the talent team. I'm talent acquisition specialist. So I focus on global marketing recruitment as well as um, commercial recruitment um, in the UK. So really focusing on everything that isn't um, kind of very senior salespeople. Um, I'm, I'm really lucky to have been given the opportunity to kind of dip my toe in a lot of different things. Um, I'm also, you know, I also try, I'm trying to build a little bit of a personal brand of LinkedIn and kind of educate people on LinkedIn about ReachDesk and, you know, how it's an amazing company to work for and, you know, our culture as well. So that is what I do. In terms of in terms of your career to date, you know, talk us talk us through that. What's your last few years been like? Yeah, I mean, I'm very like public about the fact that my twenties, I I say they were a dumpster fire. Um, you know, I it's to be completely honest, like I just had a really rough time. I I was um I had really poor mental health. I just was having a really I just didn't really understand like. The world really it just took me a while to kind of get get in my groove i think um so yeah when i was in my 20s i was doing those different roles you know i would consider them to kind of be a bit dead end to be honest in sales marketing um and customer service and then um i fell into recruitment i feel like everyone says this and it's so boring but i genuinely did like i was this opportunity came along to join a, a small agency in norwich um as one of the first employees so i think i was actually number two and um yeah you know i i started off in recruitment probably just thinking it was just going to be another job but then really i found it to be the absolute love of my life like i absolutely am so passionate about it i love it and i think you know because when i worked in this small agency we were very much growing it we only had literally two recruiters so i was thrown in at the deep end and i recruited everything from entry level all the way up to c-suite with it you know literally as soon as i started um, you know, I really kind of, I just went by what I thought was right in terms of recruitment and how I would want to be treated. And, and yeah, so, you know, I, I had a really great time at the agency and built up a really strong skill set. But then I realized that I actually wanted to be part of, you know, helping talent be an intrinsic part of a business and in terms of helping them scale. So that's why I started to look into moving in-house, um, because I wanted to, to have that strategic insight into, you know, the business and helping it grow basically i think just to jump maybe back a little bit because 
you know, a lot of our viewers are, are leaders and C-suite and, and executives, but there's a lot of, um, there's quite a lot of salespeople that will follow us as well and a lot of people just starting in, in their career. And I think what they always think of, of leaders is they have everything figured out, you know, that they know exactly where they want to go, that there's, there's this one path that they can go on. Yeah. And I think if anything, over the last few years, people now look back on their careers and say, well, you know, all of these choices I made there took me to this one. Mm. And, you know, yeah. the, the, the SDR, AE sales path isn't necessarily for, for everyone either. There are different ways you can go. I think most of the people I have spoken to have fallen into recruitment as well. Mm. My wife was telling me to stay, stay out of recruitment. Um, but like you, definitely glad I've done it. Yeah, it's it's such an incredible kind of amalgamation of skills that you need to have to be successful. You know, not only have you got to be a really good salesperson, you've got to be very empathetic. You've got to understand people. You've got to manage stakeholders. You've, you've got to understand a complete recruitment market. You've got to understand business strategy. You know, it is it's so much more than just hiring people. And I think that when because of the outside opinion being, oh, it's just hiring people. That's why people don't necessarily consider it as a career, you know, from the outset. No, I don't think many people at uni are like, I want to be a recruiter when I graduate, but they should, they really should. It's just the most rewarding, amazing career. I mean, you get to tell people they've got their dream job a lot of the time and, oh, it's just incredible. So yeah, it really should be seen as a, as a valid career. Not, I mean, obviously it's valid. That's a bit of a weird thing to say, but it should be seen as a sought after career. Um, because you can be incredibly successful, you can really climb up the ranks, you know, you're not always, there's so many different options. If you're uh -huh. someone who wants to be an individual contributor, you can have an incredible career where you are earning a lot of money doing that. If you want to um, move up through management and you want to help build businesses and help scale your startups, from, you know, is what I'm passionate about, um, you can do that. You know, there's just so many different things you can do. You can be really niche, you can be super general. Yeah. It's like million different careers in one. Hundred percent, yeah. And I think, but I think as well, there's there is that there is the kind of old school recruiter, like like you know, like Wolf of Wall Street, like just throwing over CVs and stuff. But people like you are the kind of people who are going to make recruitment seem like a viable career option. You know, it is something that you have to have so many different skills for, and you get to hone so many different skills and. If you're passionate about it, like you, you get to tell people that they've got their dream job and it's like yeah. an amazing day every time yeah. you do it. And the, the people you learn from, I mean, think about it, right? If you're if you're hiring, well, I mean, everyone is amazing to learn from, but one, some of the roles I really enjoy is speaking to like very senior people in business and learning insights from them and, you know, just getting to be exposed to all these different people. And also within a business, like I was talking to one of my colleagues and saying, you know, I know pretty much everyone at ReachDesk because either I've hired them or, okay, that's a false overestimation, but I've hired a lot of them or I work with them on a daily basis. So I really do get to know the company beautifully compared to if someone's just working in one department and focused on that, they might not be able to get to work with all these different people as well. So that's one aspect of it, which is, again, incredible, along with everything else. Awesome. You talk, you talk pretty passionately about ReachDesk, obviously. So... Um, how, why did you, how did you come to join them? Why did you come to join them? And I guess you've been there for a while. What's making you currently stick around there as well? Yeah, honestly, I feel like I'm part of the furniture at this point because I've been there for nearly a year. Um, 
Yeah, I funnily enough, I came I came across Reach Desk because um, I was I, I've been friends with the VP of marketing at Reach Desk, Christy, for about I say friends. We went to school together, and then we really we really didn't like stay in touch after that too much. But we'd we basically come across each other again on LinkedIn. And so I saw that she joined. And, you know, honestly, this was at the time when I was planning my next move. And I was, you know, I, I really had never heard of Reach Desk. I had no idea what they did. Um, but I heard Christy talk so passionately about it. And she was so excited. And I was just like, kind of jokingly, I was just like, you don't need recruiter roles by any chance. And then she was like, actually, we do. And so I, you know, I, I live in Norwich right now. I'm moving soon down to London. But I was like, oh, but I don't live in London. Like, is that going to be a problem? And, and it wasn't. And so that's how I, I kind of got introduced into the business. Um, so, yeah, I feel very lucky because, you know, it it's not often that that happens. Like, you know, they say it's all about who you know. I don't believe that's the case. You know, I, but, yeah, I was very lucky in this situation, essentially. Um to be part of this business. So in terms of what kind of kept me sticking around, um, well, I haven't been there for very long. So, you know, in the grand scheme of things, there's still a lot for us to do. It's an incredibly exciting, high growth um, environment to be in. So, you know, we've scaled the team 300% in the past seven months. Um, yeah, going from about 75 employees when I joined in May to over 200 now. Um, so that's just incredible. Um, I get to work on a really wide variety of roles, but I think the most the most important thing is the people. The culture is just absolutely unrivaled. Um, just so people focused. People that are at the heart of everything we do. Our leaders are, are some of the most inspirational people I've ever met. Like Alex Ollie is just, you know, I I would highly recommend anyone listening to this who's interested in sort of ABM and account based experience as well to go and have a look at at him and and you know the things that he's saying. Um, but yeah, you know, it's it's just like oh, so cliche, but it is a family. It really is. And so, yeah, I I really feel like I'm part of something special at Reach Desk, which is such a nice position to be in after, like I said, not enjoying any job that I ever had before recruitment. <laughs> I think it's I think it's interesting. You know, the passion clearly comes through, right? And I think you know we we work with a lot of large multinationals, but we work with a lot of startups and scale ups too, and the experiences are vastly different. It's a, it's a totally different person that's required to, you know, do everything that it takes to make a startup successful and ride that wave and the ups and the downs and, and, and all the moments. I think there has been quite clearly a lot of hype about Reach Desk. You know, I've seen it in action. I've been gifted myself. Um, you know, and, and there's been a few things you've mentioned so far that, that I'll maybe come back to later, but you mentioned, you know, you need to be that kind of a salesperson it doesn't sound like you have to oversell Reach Desk, right? Which always helps because there's lots of startups out there. There's lots of choice. So I guess what is it about Reach Desk or what is it about just the demand for corporate gifting that's making your job that little bit easier, that's making Reach Desk that bit more appealing? Yeah, sure. Okay. Well, first thing I have to say, you've been Reach Desked if you receive a gift. You have to say I've been Reach Desked. Oh, apologies. <laughs> so yeah um basically i think like corporate gifting i'll just kind of start off with that i mean so corporate gifting has been around for donkey's years you know it's always been something that's been used the christmas hamper or basket or something yeah, yeah, exactly. um 
and the return on investment has always been very strong when you track <clears throat> it. But I think the historic problem with scaling something like direct mail, well, there's a few things, right? There's there's just having the manpower of putting together, you know, multiple different packages. And so, I mean, you could even be going to the thousands, right? The amount of time it actually takes to put that kind of stuff together, um, the logistics of getting it sent out. Um, but yeah, the return on investment, you know, being able to track data, you know, any marketer worth their salt nowadays will not be doing anything unless they can fully track it with data. So you can see how direct mail has basically kind of been something that's almost been, you know, it's it's been shunted off to the side as something that isn't, you know, applicable in modern marketing. But what ReachDesk has done is, you know, taken something that used to be a gigantic pain in the butt, um, but enabled, uh, enabled marketing teams to harness direct mail on a daily basis as part of, of part of their campaigns or, you know, as part of their overall marketing mix, you know, taking it from something that was, you know, very, very high cost, very, very high labor intensity, um, and made it so that within three clicks of a button, you can send a hyper-personalized, like massive scale direct mail campaign to thousands of people globally, you know, it's, it's incredibly cool. Um, I think the recent surge in popularity or, you know, why we've experienced so much growth is we're in a very saturated market in general when it comes to like, if it's specifically in like B2B SaaS, um, everyone's, trying to, in general? everyone's trying to sell to one another, you know, like all of the inboxes are completely stuffed full. Um, there's a lot of digital noise. And so, you know, if you use ReachDesk to try, you know, because there's so many use cases for ReachDesk as well. It's not just prospecting. I am a massive advocate for it in recruitment, which I'll go on to in a second. But, um, you know, what ReachDesk enables you to do is really cut through that digital noise, you know, introduce a human touch point in that, in that relationship building. So, you know, you're, you're just well, yeah, literally cutting through the noise, making people feel good. And they're going to remember that. And, you know, I don't know how you guys felt when you received your reach desk. But, you know, when I first got my first one and I worked for the company, I knew it was coming, you know, like I was just like, oh, it's so nice. Like I've got a bottle engraved with my name on it. I'm never going to throw that away. You know, that kind of. Um, Personalization, that, that moment. Yeah, you know, and it's almost it, it's almost kind of. Um, it's like how B2C marketers do it, right? You're trying to you're trying to attach an emotion to your brand, right? You're trying to gain that loyalty. And so it's it's almost like we're introducing this as a tool for B2B marketers to do something similar. It's not going to be identical, but, you know. Um, so, yeah, I think that that's fueled our growth. And then, you know, on top of that, we're living in such a distributed world now, right? Remote working has become, which I'm obviously a huge advocate for, remote working has become more of a norm. Um, it's not as easy to to see people and give them praise, say, in the office or, you know, so utilizing ReachDesk, um, you know, in this more distributed world has enabled those relationships to continue to grow and to continue to, you know, flourish. Um, so, yeah, multiple points as to why we've grown. And honestly, it's so funny because, the, well, it's not funny, but the pandemic happened and which obviously is not funny, but um, with the pandemic happening, um, and we're, we're called reach desk, right? You know, we had to pivot really, really quickly, um, to being able to send stuff to people's homes. And we did it through just a really simple feature of 
um, address confirmation that doesn't reveal what gift someone's going to get, but still, you know, enables us to reach them. Um, it creates it creates that level of, level of intrigue, you know, because I think now if, if ever mail comes through my front door, I think it's a bill of some kind, you know, an invoice for for something. Yeah. But I don't really receive much of that uh, anymore. And even though you know I knew that gift was coming from the email, you don't know what it is. So that level of intrigue is still there. Exactly. And so I think there were questions around, well, what are you going to do? You're called Reach Desk and nobody's at their desk anymore. But it's, it's you know, we've actually, I think, had more of an impact given what's happened because people have seen the need for something like this or for a, a really easy way for you to build relationships um, and, and, and introduce, reintroduce that human touch into what you're doing when there's distance or when there's kind of you know, space between you. You haven't been able to take people out for dinner. You know, you haven't been able to meet your clients and have them up to your office. So it's that kind of way of getting a bit of human touch in there without actually being face-to-face. -face. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So all this growth and all mm. this, um, obviously, 300% in the last last while, um, how has that affected, like, talent acquisition, your department? What's been your biggest challenges, I suppose? And what's annoyed you most <laughs> in the last few months about you know the growth that's been happening yeah I mean um to be honest like I've I've always worked in a very very intense environment where there's lots going on so it didn't seem like crazy to me in terms of the workload or, or you know it obviously was significant but it's what I thrive on this kind of thing so you know I really enjoyed it I think the main, you know, the market is very difficult at the moment. You know, nobody can deny that in terms of it being just very, very candidate driven. Um, you know, I think that what I've done in order to support this incredible success that we've had is just be really robust in my in my personal process. Um, it's really funny because I can see behind Nikki, you know, it's like that's it's like you stole in my process, even though that's like written on a wall. But, you know, I I, I do very much hire in a in that framework essentially but yeah i know I, I think it's really really important that before you even get a process started that you're mapping the market i like to identify an ideal candidate profile and an ideal company profile so you know you're looking at the types of companies that i mean technographics is a major thing that i look at what tech stack is a company using you know, what are they doing day to day and if it's similar you know for a certain role it's probably going to align quite well with us um you know, just really making sure that before you even get started, that you are 100% clear on what you're looking for. Um, and then just, you know, I think that I'm I'm quite robust with my hiring managers and my stakeholder management in terms of just making sure that recruitment is a priority and that stuff's just moving forward. Because, you know, one of the major things that's been a huge challenge, and I guess I wouldn't say annoying annoys me, it's just, you know, recruitment in general, right? You can't really get annoyed because it's people. But, you know, it's just so many people have so many offers, so many things going on, so many irons in the fire that, you know, it has been a challenge to move people through the process fast enough sometimes. So, look, quite clearly you're really enjoying the role. There's lots of roles spinning, lots of different roles, seeing so, so many different aspects. You talk about a robust process. Mm. My process is up there, so I don't forget it more than anything else. Um, but for us, I think completely agree. You know, we are a, a company ourselves that like to dedicate a resource to a, a specific job, not overload recruiters, 
give our recruiters the time it takes to go and 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 and, and go through that robust process. Yeah. And then you know, role to role, every candidate is going to be different, right? So, like you say, being aligned with the hiring managers on on what they're after, and you know, the type of candidate you're looking for is absolutely crucial. Yeah. I think what stood out to me, and and doing a little bit of research about yourself, and and you mentioned your LinkedIn brand before, but you said the word that I think it was candidate champion, mm. you know, bringing the human touch back into recruitment. And I think there are a lot of people that don't realise it's people dealing with people. Yes. You know, it's people's livelihoods at stake. It's huge career decisions. It's big business decisions waiting on that candidate coming back to you or not coming back to you. Are they telling me the truth? Are they not? Are they really interested in this role? Yeah. And I think there are a lot of emotions in recruitment that people just don't realise. So maybe yeah. talk, us, talk us through that. You know, you're bringing the human touch back to recruitment. And I guess, you know, what are the parts of that process that you really like and then the parts that frustrate you a little bit? Yeah, no, definitely. Well, yeah, I, I mean... I think because when I came into recruitment, I never really went through any kind of formal training, right? So I, my approach is just, I, I do things in a way that I would want, the way I would want to be treated in a recruitment process. So, um, you know, I've been told that I'm a, a breath of fresh air, you know, I don't even know what that means, but basically I, I put all of the focus on the candidate. You know, I put all of the focus on, you know, in that initial call, I'm talking to them and I'm really trying to figure out what they want. And if this role actually aligns, you know, I spend a lot of time selling the opportunity to them. He's generally put a lot of time into that process. I will prep people for interview. I will spend half an hour purely to prep them and to give them an idea of the types of things that we're looking for. And just to put them in a position where we're not, I don't like, the fact that some interview processes it's like you're testing their ability to memorize stuff more than like how well they're going to fit in this business so in general i think i think the reason people find me refreshing is because of the amount of time i put in because i will i will update people even if there's no update i will be just be completely straight up with people there is no like no pretense no no like, bs yeah there's no bs i was that's a good way of putting it. Um, and you know, I really do try and champion that candidate. And so, like, I think, you know, some the things that kind of get me, I'm not even upset's a strong way of putting it, but I am generally quite a, an emotive person. But I've had candidates in the past where I've got them through this whole process and I really, really worked hard for them. And, you know, they just send me an email 30 minutes before that final interview to withdraw. Or like, I will have put them through this whole process, gone written, you know, they're like, and this can happen sometimes when they're like the top pick, you know, and everything they've ever said to me throughout the process is, you know, I'm really, really engaged. And, you know, I've had other candidates make you wait two weeks for a final decision. And it's just, sometimes I think that they forget that there are, there are like, there are people who are putting a lot of time into this process. Um, and they also they also don't realise the impact that that then has because I mean I've I've, I've I've been there I've been there myself right where you've got or you see the company they have a, they have maybe a five person shortlist but there's a number one there's a front runner there's yeah. somebody that they want and the minute they can't have that person they think there are well let's just go back to market and find another one you know the reason they are a number one is because of X Y Z you know yeah. and it's not just you can't just find carbon copies of them but like you say the emotions of that. You feel that you're letting people down, the mental health aspects of that, you know, as well, that can really 
trigger things off. There's there's lots of stuff at play, and I think. Yeah, literally, you can you 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 think that you're not a good recruiter, or you haven't done a good enough job, and I think it's particularly. Um, for me, I find it particularly difficult because you see so much about candidates on LinkedIn and stuff saying, I, you know, I've been ghosted, you know, I didn't get feedback and I really work hard to be the complete antithesis of that. I will never just email someone, you know, don't get me wrong, right? I'm not perfect. Sometimes people slip through the crack very rarely. There may be the odd occasion where I've been really late on feedback or maybe, you know, I've just dropped the ball on a, you know, a very, very small number of occasions, right? But you know, as someone who takes it very seriously, that I need to provide good feedback, I need to speak to people on the phone, to just receive an email after what can sometimes have been like four or five hours of us like working together on this role, it just seems like they're not really, sometimes like they're expecting loads from us and they're not giving back the same kind of consideration, you know. Um, but this is, again, this is such a minor thing. It is really a very, very small number of candidates. But, you know, that's just one of the things the, the gripes I have, but I think also that could be that could be um, solved by really having much more education around the fact that a, a recruiter is really your partner in that process. They they want you to get that role, you know. Um, they, well, they want you know they want to help you as much as they can. Um, that is their job, and so you know it really should be seen as much more of a partnership. Because also, if you don't get that job and you're working with an agency like like you guys, for instance. They will work really hard if you've been an amazing candidate to place you elsewhere. It's all networking. It's all it's all gonna, you know, really good positive relationships that you build will help you further down the line. You might not know how, but they will. So I mean our, our founder, Walter, who's been in business forty, fifty years, you know, started solutions driven and made it quite clear right from the get go and still today, you know, treat the candidate as number one. And almost if you even think about treating candidates better than you even treat clients, I'm not saying we don't treat clients well, but if you take care of your candidates, that's where your future clients will come from. And I'm yeah. amazed, you know, the amount of people that will start at one company or be a hiring manager and then they move and you just see it exponentially grows and grows and grows over, over time. Yeah. It's crazy. And it's a small yeah. world. As much as it's a big world at times, recruitment, it's a really small world if you if you let people down. Oh, 100%. Yeah, you know, and I think that you just always got to be mindful of, of your, the relationships that you're building with people, the interactions you have, because, you know, it, it can be, not that I really agree with this, but it can be something super minor, like if you've made a bad impression on someone, and they know someone, and you know, like they know someone, and then, you know, through the grapevine, you've got a little bit of a bad rep, you know, um, but then, like I said, it's such a like a minor number of candidates, and most of the time it is a wonderful experience, and 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 they do respond really, really positively to the ex to the effort that I put in, um, yeah. which is one of the things that I love about the job is is providing this amazing candidate experience and making people feel really, really looked after. So yeah. And then give them a gift at the end of it. I mean, what more would you want? Yeah, I haven't even talked about reach desk in recruitment yet, have I? I mean, that's I'm kind of dropping the ball there, but yeah, it's. It's such an incredible tool, and this is one of the major use cases I think for the platform. You know, when you're in a really, really in a, in a candidate market where you know people are really going above and beyond, one of the things that we do employ is utilizing the platform, sending a personalized gift, thanking them for their time, thanking them for doing a task for us. You know, introducing them into the business with a welcome gift. I mean, 
it and it, it's a small thing right it's not anything major we're not exactly giving out like apple watches and stuff but or you know anything major but it's it's the thought that counts and it's one of those things where not many people are actually doing it or, or they're doing it in a way that's super transactional and you know like there are some i know that like there are other platforms out there where it's like well, you have to, um, in order to get your gift card, you have to book in this meeting. None of that with us, you know, it's all, it's all to enhance that amazing experience. And we want to demonstrate to you like, that basically what it's like to work at ReachDesk, we demonstrate that from the first interview or the first interaction. So we want to kind of give you that ReachDesk experience. So yeah, it's incredible. And also, I mean, if you've got, I don't use it as much for prospecting as, as I, I would imagine you would. Um, but, you know, in if you've got really, really high value, top talent that you're trying to trying to get them to look at you and what you're doing, you know, their inbox is going to be full, their in-mail inbox is going to be full. You know, what better way than to do a bit of research around them on social media, find out something that they like and pop them a voucher or pop them a, a gift to say, like, look, please accept this gift from me to you. We'd love to have a conversation. If it's not the right time, fair enough. But then if it's not the right time, you know, you can just you know, follow up and nurture. You know, it's, it's great. It really is. It's, cert it's certainly worked for, for, for you and I, Claire, right? Well, yeah, definitely. You got, got us with the big hook. <laughs> well, I but also, sorry, I didn't mean to. No, you're fine. I was just going to say it also feeds into, like, I remember we spoke about like there's this idea of the 2019 recruiter and then the 2022 recruiter. Yeah. So all the things that people were doing back in 2019, that's not working anymore. Like it's now our job to engage the candidate. It's not about the candidate impressing us or the hiring manager anymore. Yeah. And that's where Reach Desk comes in is it gives you that like little bit of extra mile to impress that candidate. Um. And I know that you, you've said yourself that you've found that really useful. So, yeah, it's incredibly useful. And it, we're in this, in, in this time now where recruitment is not send bulk messages out on LinkedIn. You know, this is a very, very strategic, targeted, multi-channel, multi-touch point process. And so, you know, within that process, being able to include something that is completely different that they probably wouldn't be expecting, like a gift. You know, it just makes it all the all the more special. And yeah, you know, if you are thinking about things in the 2019 way, in the sense of plonk a job ad up, hope people come into you, you're just not going to be able to scale. It's simple as that. You know, top. I think think about what you're saying, right? I mean, you you clearly have this this process, and a lot of people are still thinking pre-pandemic. You know, and and sitting there wondering why why is no one applying. You're doing all of those things, and you're still saying recruitment is difficult. Like to, to to acquire top talent is still difficult. It doesn't make it easy, you know. But if you've not got that process and you've not got that strategic, personable mindset, you know, I don't know how anyone's getting success right now because a lot of people are, you know, people aren't just going to a company now just because they have a, a brand name. So much more than that 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 that, that plays into it. So mm. I think you're spot on. Yeah, definitely. You know, it's, um, yeah, times have just changed, haven't they? I mean, there, there's obviously so much that goes into successfully hiring. You know, a lot of it is to do with your benefits package or, you know, your culture, everything. But, 
yeah, I think you have to start it off right with an incredible recruitment process that gets people excited. And that's how you are able to, you know, to bring the best people on board. I was going to say with such a robust process, it must be hard for an agency to impress you. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's I, we have worked with, I have worked with a couple of agency partners um, for a couple of roles. I mean, so we had pre-existing relationships um, with agency partners for BDRs and stuff before I came in. So I have been working with them. Um, but yeah, like in all honesty, it it does it does take a lot to impress. And I do find that sometimes, you know, like we've, they've got opportunity. This is, I think this is a reflection of how hard it is right at the moment, because, you know, in my mind, an agency should be working really, really hard to kind of bring you a constant stream of candidates or at least have, you know, we, some of our agency partners, we're just not seeing that. And so I just think it shows how difficult it can be. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it is also very intelligent to utilize the right agency at certain times, because if you've got a really urgent hire, you're hiring for a very niche skill set, you know, um, seeking outside resource where there's a specialism within that skill set or a specialism within that kind of, I mean, even like tech stack, for instance, um, yeah. you know, that, that I think is part of a robust talent strategy. But it's always about return on investment, isn't it? It's always about like you, you know, you want to be making sure that that you're spending wisely. I mean, because talent is not a revenue generating department for most businesses, right? You have to be very mindful of the cost. Um, but I think a, a great relationship with an agency for roles that are particularly challenging will pay off in the long run. You know? Yeah, it's just about having someone locked in where you need them. But yeah because obviously you you don't need help with your process or your day-to-day -day strategy it's like outlying situations that you need to need a bit of help with yeah but i mean it's really cool to see agencies like like you who in my mind are at the forefront of you know recruitment because i never i never i didn't recruit this way when i was in agency i think it's quite rare really yeah. i mean agencies what they normally have a big database and you know like they they kind of plonk people out and put them in you know sometimes it can be really bumble seats you guys do exactly what what we do you know that market mapping that really in-depth understanding of the role finding the right people that align really well with not only the the job now but what the job's going to grow into the company now but what the company's going to grow into you know you're looking at that long-term quality of hire right and so that's incredibly refreshing and it's you know really it's just really cool to be able to talk about this kind of thing with you guys because I think that we hold very similar philosophies and we're just all really passionate about what we do, right? <laughs> and you know, again, to me, this is this breath of of, of fresh air part of it. I, I think there's got to be an openness and a flexibility for any business owner, heads of talent that understand what gets them success. You know, mm. today it might be you working on those four rows and and and, and filling the pipeline. Tomorrow there might be ten on your desk, and you say. Right, that that that's enough for me, and I've got the right partner at, at the right time. I think yeah. as well, part of what I liked about what you've said throughout the, the you know, the, the the chat today is, you know, I I don't think you guys do things on hunch either. You know, I think there's a there's a data, there's an insights, there's a analytics piece to recruitment that wasn't quite there a, a few years ago, and I think is absolutely crucial now. But then the other aspect, you know, and I think we've spoke about this before, Laura is. To me, a 2022 20, recruiter should be thinking more like a sales team 
than yeah. than a recruiter, right? Just with the touch points and what's required. Yeah, I like to say hire like a BDR. I kind of want to trademark that. I think it's got quite a nice ring to it. But yeah, hire like a BDR, you know, everything that they do. I work so closely with marketing. I'm like, give me data lists. Give me lists of data of companies that, you know, like I mentioned before, the, the technographics match what we want to do. You know, it's just about being smart. I, don't, I haven't even really spoken too much about data, but yeah, making data-driven decisions, you know, looking at A-B testing your messaging, your response rates, you know, really trying to nail down what's actually going to work. But the funny thing is, right, oh, this is a trade secret. You're welcome, recruiters. The most, the most effective, <laughs> the most effective outreach message that you can do is going to be focused on the, uh, the mission of the company and just really just titillate you're you're just trying to get them a little bit interested you know do not put a job spec in the first message do not have it there's a little there's even a little counter on linkedin that tells you when it gets too long don't ignore it you know keep it simple you're you're trying to tell story you're trying to get someone interested so yeah sorry that was a bit of a rant then but i'm very passionate about you know being data driven as well and testing things and also um changing your technique depending on what role you're doing you know you're not going to be able to hire an engineer in the same way you're going to be able to hire a marketer so you have yeah. to be agile and you have to be um well i think yeah agile <laughs> i think the part is for me you can have all the insights even in the world before you go into a search you know the truth by the time you spoke to 10 20 candidates because yeah. they are telling you you know whether what you're offering is the right benefits is the right salary you know, the right flexible working environment. And, the, you know, I've said this a million times. I believe every role is fillable mm. if the hiring manager and the business want to fill it. You know, yeah. if you need an extra 5K to fill it and you don't pay that 5K, that's on you. You know, if the data suggests that, that that's the way it, it should be. So, honestly, yeah. you know, really like your, uh, your just overall approach to recruitment and people in general. Thank you. Well, yeah, I mean... Um... I really appreciate that because, you know, it's something that, well, doesn't everyone doubt themselves occasionally, right? And everyone feels sometimes that, you know, they're not doing a good job. But, you know, I feel like the response that I have from candidates, you know, what as part of the team I've been able to achieve at ReachDesk, I think it shows that, you know, doing at least something right. And I just hope to continue learning and growing in my career. And eventually, I'm hoping to be, you know, right up there in the C-suite you know, in a big tech company, fingers crossed. Um, yeah, you know. Um, what why not be ambitious, though? Exactly. No reason why it couldn't happen. So what, what, what are we doing otherwise, right? Exactly. So, yeah, like, um, I really, really appreciate just this opportunity as well. You know, it's it's very cool. And I love what you guys are doing. Awesome. Listen, thank you so much for coming on. But don't go anywhere because... For our subscribers, we're going to have a, a quick addendum of um, your uh, top five tips on how to hire at pace. So if you haven't subscribed, um, you can go now. Um, you should probably go and subscribe. And then if, if, if you have subscribed, keep an eye on your inbox because um, Laura's top five tips will be coming to you soon. Laura, it's been absolutely awesome having you on. Thank you so much for this. I know that I've personally taken away a few things if I ever end up in recruiting that I will be uh, using. Um, so, yeah, thank you so much. No, thank Love you that. very much. Really appreciate it. And, um, yeah, this has been an absolute blast. Loved it. Thanks, guys. Great. Have a good one.